It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Sportsnet Michigan and C92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. And the millennial man is Jared Patel of Fox 17 TV in Grand Rapids, Michigan and Fat Stack Sports. Comments and questions can be sent by email to 3 Pod at gmail.com or hit them up on social media at 3 Pod. The fellows will get it rolling right after this from our partners. Great news to report. Sheridan Realty and Auction Company has built a new 7,500-square-foot warehouse in Owasso. Now we are able to take all of your items and put it underneath one roof. Whether you are able to bring us a vehicle, an ATV, furniture, it goes inside. Go to SheridanAuctionService.com to see more. More importantly, stop down and see us at 1007 South Washington Street. You'll do better with Sheridan. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our community. They're not tied into an out-of-state corporation or their board of directors. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. The top priority is caring for our friends and neighbors, being right there when you need them most. With unique service to represent unique lives in mid-Michigan, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. The business started in 1880 and continues the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, see them on the web at nelsonhouse.com or call them at 989-723-5234. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your larger, small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Greetings again and welcome to Three Point Podcast episode 157. Our team includes Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, the Corona Public Schools, Hankard Sportswear, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and Z92.5, The Castle. Man, we've got some decent sponsors, guys. I like it. I'm the Elder Statesman, Ted Fatel of Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5. Middleman Matt Burns of ESPN is on the phone from North Carolina and joining me here in the studios is the young gun, Jared Patel of Fat Stack Sports. We really appreciate the listens and give us a follow on social media at Three Point Pod and also the free app Locker Room where we'll be breaking down the Michigan-Wisconsin game. We'll also talk MSU hoops with our Spartan insider Joey Janka. He can't be too happy after the Iowa beatdown at Breslin. But boys, we're recording here on... uh, Valentine's Day. I don't know what our plans are today. I guess our listeners will find out as we unveil them. But uh, where are we at on Valentine's Day? So I've already been up for about uh, seven hours today because so just to kind of lay the groundwork of what's going on here. My girlfriend works for a local nursery. Um, no free ads. Uh, if you want me to actually say the name of that nursery, they're going to have to sponsor <laughs> us. Um, and basically what happened is, you know, a long series of events led her to where she's now on like a, a shoveling crew. Well, her, her normal shoveling uh, partner is, is gone. Uh, his wife has uh, COVID. So now she's basically alone on this crew. And I'm thinking to myself, like, maybe she shouldn't be out, you know, late or so early, you know, in Owasso, uh, like early and by herself. So I was like, you know, what? I'll help her out. I'll be a good boyfriend. So I'll help her out. So the last couple of uh, times she's had to go out, I've helped her. Uh, so I started off, um, and let me just say this. I don't know if there is a worse job on this planet than <laughs> shoveling. I, and, 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 and it almost starts at the root of my ha- hatred of shoveling. almost starts with my dad because there will be a centimeter of, of snow on our driveway, and I'll be out there shoveling. And, if you, and we have a huge uh, driveway, so it just sucks. Uh, but I will say this, I mean, hand up, uh, I have to think I have to take the best boyfriend award, at least on this podcast. I mean, I am the only boyfriend best, uh, partner award because Ted, I don't think you would have, I think you probably would have keeled over from a heart attack if you had had to shovel this morning. And Matt, you clearly didn't like the snow enough because you left, uh, Michigan. So that's just where I'm at. I think I kind of take the award thoughts. I will say this. 
to talk about the shoveling real quick. Shoveling might be, I, I do, you know, I, I miss the snow a little bit. Snow is fun. I'm glad. I, I can tell from all the pictures and everything, people in Michigan, you guys are dealing with a pretty decent winter right now. So it doesn't make me miss it that much when I see that. Shoveling might be, like you kind of laid out, shoveling might be the worst thing in the world. Like you love the snow. We're going to go snowmobiling or we're going to go skiing. Or we're going to go build some snowman. You know, it's all fun. Shoveling is the worst. So, yes, since moving from Michigan, even Connecticut, had to shovel a lot in Connecticut. Down here in North Carolina, uh, yeah, I, I do not miss the shoveling, so I will say that. But I was going to ask you in regards to you helping your girlfriend out. Did you use this as, is this part of your Valentine's Day present? Or are you just like, like being a nice guy and helping her? Or are you saying like, happy Valentine's Day? No. <laughs> this is just me being a nice guy, but I like to tie it into uh, sort of the Valentine's Day festivities, I guess you could say. Um, just one more thought on just winter and snow in general. Matt, you are so lucky that you are not dealing with winter. This is the worst winter of my life, not necessarily because of the snow, but just you added into COVID. This is the first time, like, at least uh, during, like, the at first we had the, what, the month, like, quarantine. That was kind of fun because mm-hmm. it was something new. You know, we've never done it before. And then basically as soon as that was up, I was living on the golf course until all the way up until winter. So I didn't really feel the effects of COVID. But now that I'm kind of stuck inside my house and it's so cold outside you don't want to do anything, it's hell around here. It's literal hell on earth. Um, but in terms of Valentine's Day, uh, what are you guys doing today? I feel like it's a little bit more of like a age thing where when you're younger, in a, you know, first few years of a relationship, you do the flowers, you do the chocolates, you do the nice dinner. Uh, I think you guys maybe just aren't even there anymore. Is, is that sad to say? Well, I'll give you the I'll give you the senior perspective here. Uh, normally, most normal years on Valentine's Day, I'm probably a little bit more sentimental than the misses. I usually make sure that. Uh, when she gets up in the morning, there's a nice card sitting on the kitchen counter along with usually a single flower, you know, just to show her that I love her and I remember. Yesterday, I was sitting down, and we had a whole week of company this last week, by the way. To, you know, Everybody likes to hear our catch-up a little bit. I had her sister, Julie, Julie's daughter, Liz, and Liz's two daughters, seven- and five-year-old Paisley and Lorelai. So think about this. Jared, you have cabin fever. We all have cabin fever up here in Michigan. Well, I have a house full, and I'm stuck in the house. So how do you think my week went? I love them all, but it was quite a busy week. But uh, what I was getting at is I was sitting down yesterday. I was sitting in my chair, just wore out from the visit because they left yesterday morning. And I said to Lana, because I knew she'd already gone to the Dollar Tree and bought cards for the family and stuff. I says, hey, did you get me a card? And she says, maybe. And then she she's so wise. She goes, well, don't worry about it if you didn't get me one. And I said, well, I didn't really. And so that's cool. So that's where that's where I'm at now. Nothing. You didn't get a card? <laughs> didn't get a card. I She got out of bed this morning and said, happy Valentine's Day, honey. Let's move on. That's where I'm at at 64 years old. So was it, uh, you know, you had a busy week. Was yep. it you forgot or are you at the point, like you said, are you at the point in your relationship, your age, where Valentine's Day, you're just past it? No, I think, I think. The reason I threw in that I had visitors, my whole weekly schedule was completely out of whack. You know, normally I would have sometime midweek would have popped into the store and picked up a card, you know, and, you know, it just didn't work out this week. So I'm blaming the uh, the in-laws for that. That's classic. You know, meanwhile, my week, I've literally been out shoveling every morning at 3 a.m., but I found the time to do it. And let me just say, your original, like, even it sounds like even if you had done the card, and it sounded pretty lame. One flower, a card? Um, well, we've been married almost 30 years. Every day's Valentine's Day for us, young man. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's not that I, I mean, the bar's set pretty low. You make a lot more money than I do. You couldn't have just gone to the local. I mean, you can get flowers anywhere it's nowadays. It's not about At Walmart money. or anywhere. It's just something a little bit more than one flower. Hey, Matt, how funny is this? The young man in love, you know, all <laughs> fresh. Know, I, He's all hey, gaga it's just, now. Hey, I, it's just, I just think that say, that's he, lazy. He, what is he, he goes out, he has a relationship for a few months, goes out and does some shoveling, and he thinks he's Cupid. Yeah. <laughs> I will I'll, say. I'll say this about the single flower. I mean, yes, the, the whole flowers thing, you could go buy the, the dozen or, you know, go spend $80 on a bunch of roses. The single flower, I think, is kind of clutch. Yes. It's, it's nice, a nice single rose. You know, you're not trying to go overboard. Look at me. I spent $100 on flowers. It's just a nice single rose. Like my wife. When we first started dating, it, like a month or two in, I did that. I, it might have actually been our first uh, 
Valentine's Day, but I got her a single rose, and she has saved it. She's oh, got, like, wow. just the top, like, the actual flower. Still has it to this day. Like, she saved it because she was, like, she thought it was so sweet or whatever. So I guess I'm patting myself on the back. That a boy. But, yeah, yeah. She's, so, yeah, it's like, the single rose, I'm not so much against that. It's all, save a little money. Yeah, it's all about the thought. And also, usually in my in my Valentine's card, I do a nice personalization of it. If you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, don't, you don't just get you don't get the card that has the the pre written Hallmark, and you just sign it, Love Ted. No, or okay. too good to be true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> full disclosure: This is like my first Valentine's Day that I've ever had when I'm in a relationship. So maybe I am a little gung ho, but. There is a thin line between, like you said, Matt, I'm not going to go spend $80 on a flower. This is my go-to move, and this is what I would recommend. I just say whenever I I do it for Mother's Day, I do it for uh, Valentine's Day, I just call the florist and I say, uh, put together $20 worth of flowers, and whatever you put together, I'll take it. And then I said, put one rose in it, which uh-huh. is, I found out that roses are $5 a pop this time of year, <laughs> which is pretty crazy. So, yeah, like you said, I, I'm not doing more than one rose. I'll do the one rose, but after that, no. But that's usually, actually, like, that's, you know, people talk about, like, one way or the other. You go to the florist and buy something that's already made. You know, obviously, they're, they're really nice. Sometimes it's cool to do that. I mean, they're you can look at them as being basically, like, artists. Yeah. yeah give them 40 50 bucks, whatever you, you want to spend, and say, yeah, go crazy. And then they come up with something really cool. So, so that's kind of fun, too. I don't know about you guys. Like, I don't know if you remember any. I mean, Jared, you just said this is your first one, so maybe you don't. I didn't know if you had, like, a middle school relationship that you went to Meyer and like spent your allowance on something for, for a girl you were dating in middle school or something. But I don't know if you remember like something you maybe swung and missed on. Something I always, that comes to mind uh, on a Valentine's day. It was a girl I was dating a while ago, like in college. I thought this was going to be, I was going to be like just knocking this out of the park. This is going to be the best thing ever. So I bought her some flowers and then I don't remember wherever I saw it. I might've bought it online or something. It was a glass rose and I wrote up some card, uh, like you're talking about, Ted, like writing a nice note in a card. Right. Said like, said something like so cheesy, like I will love you until the last rose dies. Ooh. Because, because you know the last one was glass. It's never gonna die. I thought I was like, I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm I'm golden. I'm never gonna lose this one. She wasn't. She like thought it was stupid. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. I'm not going to lie. That's I thought a, that's, that's pretty solid. That's, I mean, that's better than that's putting one. She, she read it. I was like, ready. Man, this is going to be a great night. This is going to be awesome. And she was like, oh, that's cool. And just kind of like pushed it aside. I, I just remember being like, what the hell? <laughs> I, I thought I was golden. Oh, that could be why ultimately you didn't end up with her. That's, all, that's what I'm that's thinking. Probably yeah. is. Yeah, you're probably it, right. I mean, I just when I hear that, I think that's a great idea. I mean, compared to, Ted, you put a dandelion in a... <laughs> plastic cup and a card from Dollar Tree. Um, Where do you guys stand? This is one thing I will complain about about Valentine's Day and a lot of holidays in general. Valentine's Day, it's not like the 4th of July where it marks like a specific day. Valentine's Day should always be, it's like, it should be like Thanksgiving where it's like the last Thursday in uh, November. It should be like the last like Friday in February or the second Friday in February because the fact that it's on a Sunday night today is it's just horrible what you go to a nice like candlelight dinner and then you have to wake up for work at 5 a.m. tomorrow like it's just hell they need to adjust that same thing with St. Patrick's Day like a St. Patrick's Day on a Monday is it's just the worst adjust these put them on Fridays and everybody will be happy I don't understand why that hasn't been changed yet so you like the Friday theory instead of a Saturday oh yeah Fridays are the best day of the week, in my opinion. Okay, because then you got Saturday to recover or continue doing whatever you want to do. Is that, yeah. is that the theory? Friday date night, is that yeah. what goes oh, on yeah. nowadays? That's okay. what I think. That's not a bad thought, really, because it is kind of random. February 14th is always Valentine's Day, and, you know, St. Patty's Day also, you know, has its yeah. day. Not bad. I like that thought process. doesn't matter to me. It's a dandelion and a card. I'm out the door. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah, I agree, because especially St. Patrick's Day. I mean, I don't, I don't really celebrate St. Patty's Day anymore, but, you know, Jared, you're at the age, or I remember in college when it would fall, yeah, like on a Tuesday, obviously I would, like, still go out, but, right, it was cooler when it was on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Then you you could just let loose, but, you know, something I've thought about, too, like, how social media has changed Valentine's Day and other holidays, because now, like, Ted, you you know, you're talking about, like, you're kind of past, you know, you didn't do the card. You know, a lot of people now, like, you don't have to do anything, just hop on Facebook, Throw up a picture of yep. you and your girlfriend, your boyfriend, you know, whatever, your spouse, 
right up. Uh, hey, I, this is my Valentine. I love her. Boom, you're set. Now, where do we fall? Where do we fall on that? Because that that is a little bit lazy, I think. I do it lazy because I mean, like, I feel like like if you're my age, at least, is how I'll explain it. Is if you do that, you're kind of like a wimp or you know a pansy or however you want to split. Right. I will. I'm okay taking that criticism because it makes their day i don't really care you know whatever it's it's up for 24 hours i don't put a post i put what like a story or whatever which is a 24 hour and then it's gone that's the way i do it i it doesn't matter enough to me to not do it so i might as well so where do you, where do you post that instagram 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 okay. is where things like that go okay and now it's, it's a little bit obnoxious if you're doing the whole facebook post you know three paragraphs long like that's a little bit obnoxious i'm not the biggest fan of that i think yeah, I mean, if it's an event, you know, Valentine's Day, maybe a little played out, unless you have some really specific reason, you know. But, you know, if it's a really special event, a nice, long, sentimental post. But sometimes, right, it's like it's Valentine's Day. What are you trying to prove? We're all we're all on the same boat. The stories, though, I, I like the stories because, like you said, 24 hours, it's gone. People's feeds aren't bogged down by it. Put up a story. Put a nice little note. I saw yours, by the way, Jared. Nice little, nice little post. Post your mind is blown. That you're, you've got a girlfriend like yours. That's that blows that. my mind too, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Ted. Apparently, like you know, uh, Jared. I think last week you said Ted does well on Twitter and social media. So maybe we need to teach him about the stories on on social media. Uh, yeah, this is the first I'm really hearing about it. You post a story and it disappears. I was thinking you were talking about Snapchat. I mean, they're on everything now. That they're out. even yeah, on Twitter. Either. They're called fleets on Twitter. They're okay. everywhere now. Okay. Um, I have one last question regarding Valentine's Day. What was it like when you were growing up? It Was it like, because I always think of your generation, I think of like the heart-shaped hop tubs at like a motel. The, <laughs> the like, I don't, just, what did you guys do? I, I, what was it even like? It's funny you bring up the, the hot tub thing. Yeah, there was a, there was one Valentine's Day where I did go to a, <laughs> a, a hot wow. tub, pla- not even, it wasn't even a hotel. Think about this. It was a, it was like a public hot tub place where you could rent the hot tub area for an hour. That's weird. That is weird. Yeah. Well, that, what did so, you, what did you do in the hot? You just sat in the hot tub, or were you use your own imagination, young man? <laughs> was it like a was it like a room? Was it your private room? Yeah, it was, pri- it was private. It was that's it, disgusting. It, think, I two. know. I hundred percent agree. But this was this was before yeah, everybody in the world had hot tubs. You know. Yeah. So you went to a hot tubs hot tub, I don't know hot tub facility. <laughs> And you rented wow. it for an hour. That is that is gross. Hopefully, they did use a lot of chlorine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I I am curious. I, I don't need to hear, hear the details about your hot tub escapades. But <laughs> like you know, before you know the seventies, eighties, was it still just a card and flowers, or was there something that was like a go to? Uh, yeah, it was card flowers, and you might throw in some candy. You know, the, it, it's it's boring. It's the it's the standard routine. But that's pretty much how it always was. Yeah. You know, when you were a kid, though, I remember in grade school, I loved Valentine's Day, you know, getting the little Valentines from everybody and the little heart candies and all that. It was a fun day at school. Yeah. No, I remember that, you know, you would pick out, I was, you know, people who listen and you guys know how big I am on sports. I was always the getting the sports Valentines. I wanted the ones with like the NBA players (laughs) or whatever. But you would always find that one, you know, some of them were like, you you're a killer you're like you're you're my best friend or you know something like that but there was always the one or two that said like you're a sweetheart or something a little like you know like you (laughs) like this person yeah you would definitely give that one to like your crush the two girls that you do kind of like you would find those two valentines that said like be mine or something out of that 30 pack (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, it was a it was a great holiday just holidays in general are so much better when when you're a kid i mean I would rather go back to those days than having a girlfriend on Valentine's Day, like any day of the week. I'll just because it was awesome. You had all, just a boat. It was like Halloween part two, really. You know, before we wrap up this section of the podcast, I do have a question for you, Jared. Did you ever now that you have a girlfriend, you don't really have pressure. You know, you're going to be celebrating with your girlfriend. Did you ever feel like what a stupid night, especially if it was a Saturday night and you, you wanted to go out with your buddies? Did you ever feel any pressure on Valentine's Day that you didn't have a date? Well, what's funny is I would always be – I was the guy that was, like, at the guy, the people that would post a story of their girlfriend, like, what a loser. Like, I would never do that. Now here I am doing it. <laughs> One thing that is, like, cheesy and I, and it's, like – it just kind of is, like, what are you even doing is, like, the pizza – the heart-shaped pizzas. Hungry Howie's does it. Uh, a lot of the – like, I think Domino's do, does it. And then they'll post it on, like, Snap Story. Like, oh, uh, like, happy, like, happy Valentine's Day from, like – like, one – 
it, that's almost worse than just you doing the dandelion thing because <laughs> it's like one a hot and ready is like five dollars and it's like i mean you should probably go out to dinner or at least do something like cook for them or something somewhat nice i mean a heart-shaped pizza one it doesn't even cook right probably because it needs to be circular to get like proper circulation to it so i don't know that's one criticism i will have of valentine's day is i don't understand the pizza things but i've never like been on valentine's day thinking like man i'm so like lonely or something i've never had that i don't think that's a guy thing no and we've always had basketball to watch anyway yeah yeah. All right, fellas, I think we've covered our Valentines this year. Anything else we got to get on the table in reference to that before we move on? Uh, one, I will say the worst Valentine's Day I ever had was I it was like uh, probably four or five years ago. I remember Denzel Valentine when he was at Michigan State just like absolutely went off for like 30 or 40 points on Valentine's Day. Appropriate. And that was, yeah, and it was like the big thing, like Valentine's Day. Uh, and I think it was a win. It was like a huge win against like uh, Purdue or something. So. Worst Valentine's Day ever was that one. I never had like somebody break up with me or something like that. Well, speak- I'm glad the, the Spartans didn't treat you like that this year. That's for sure. Exactly. Not so far. We're going to be talking with our Spartan insider, Joey Janka, coming up next. Stay with us. Advanced Elevator Company have the very best trained professional field technicians and project management for installation, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators in the entire Midwest. Conveniently located with world headquarters in the heart of Owasso, Michigan. The Janka family are longtime huge supporters of the Corona Public Schools. Advanced Elevator Company, area business leaders, and proud member of the Shiawassee Regional Chamber of Commerce since 2000. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is a mortgage and land contract services company that is focused on your success. The home financing team has over 25 years experience and origination of all types of loans. Led by Jim Woodworth, Success Group Mortgage provides one-on-one service with a personal touch. You're not lost in the crowd like working with a mega-sized bank. Every transaction is given complete attention from the very beginning to the end. Located in downtown Owasso, call today for an appointment at 989-720-4380 or find more information on the web at successgroupmortgage.com. Hankard Sportswear is the area's top clothing and more printing business. Located in the heart of Owasso at 116 West Exchange Street, give them a follow on Facebook at hankard.sportswear. All right, we now welcome on our uh, favorite Spartan fan, our Spartan insider here on the Three Point Podcast, Spartan alum, basically everything Michigan State, and that is Mr. Joe Janka. Uh, Welcome to the show, first off. uh, And then second off, I'm going to start you off with a softball because it's not going to be a lot of good Michigan State stuff from here on out, but how excited are you for the big recruits coming in next year to Michigan State because God knows you need them. Yeah, I'm excited. I just, I'm I'm very interested to see how this all plays out with uh, Jaden Atkins which would be uh, one of their top recruits last year. Him and Imani Bates kind of got into it to the point where Jaden Atkins switched, uh, like, not AAU teams, but, uh-huh. like, their prep school teams. Yeah. So I'm just very interested to see, because Imani would be, you know, like the next Kevin Durant, or that's how they're hyping him up to be. Like, are those guys going to butt heads? Um, and also, Imani still got to reclassify in order to come next year. So... Um, I'm excited because I think even without Imani, it's a good recruiting class, but uh, we'll see. I just don't know how that's going to work out. I think Tom Izzo has a a tough job of getting those guys to really want to play together for each other, Um, and it seems like uh, Imani might have a little bit of an ego issue from how I'm understanding it, but I don't know. I'm still still excited. We need a point guard, (laughs) which I'll get get into that, but uh, (laughs) I'm very excited to uh, get some more playmakers on this team. So, so are you worried that because if correct me if I'm wrong, but if Amani doesn't uh, reclassify, he could leave right from high school to the NBA, correct? Because that's when the rule changes. Yeah, well, I don't know if it's straight to the NBA. I think the thought is is that he'll go to like the G League or Europe. Yeah, because he's so good, he'll probably make uh, you know a couple million dollars, which what would be his one and done season at Michigan State, whenever that is next year, or the following year. I would never blame a guy for doing that, but I'm also interested to see with them changing this rule that players can get compensated for their own likeness. Mm-hmm. A guy like him or like a guy like Zion, for instance, you would think they'd be able to make some money off their likeness and still play at Michigan State rather than going over to you know Lithuania to play or whatever. Um, you know, So I don't know. Um, but I, I'm, I'm just interested to see how that all pans out. But hopefully Izzo can get those two guys at least to play together again. So. 
Well, you mentioned it uh, just a second ago, the point guard position. My favorite player on Michigan State's team, uh, Foster Lawyer. Uh, last two games he started, 45 minutes total, or over 45 minutes played, zero points. Uh, what the heck's the deal with this guy? Are you kind of in the same boat that I am where something happened to him when he got to Michigan State that his entire confidence, everything that made him good in high school has basically just been shattered for one reason or another? Or do you think that he just never was going to be a good college player? I don't think he was uh, ever was a player to play on like the Big Ten level yeah. as a like a great college player. I just think he, he seems like he. I mean, he, for being such an elite three point shooter, a guy who made a million free throws in high school, yeah. <laughs> he's missed more wide open threes than anybody I've ever seen. And I don't know what that is. And I, I know Tom gets on these guys, and they sometimes, especially with young guys, they aren't playing very confident. But I don't know if that's necessarily the case with Foster. I, I just think he's. He has trouble finding a shot because he's so little, whereas they put him, like, six foot on our roster. But, I mean, he's, like, pushing 5'8". I've seen the guy. Um, so, I mean, <laughs> he's just, I think he's so small that he has trouble getting a shot off. And then I think he knows in the back of his head that everybody thinks he's not that good. So, that doesn't help. Yeah, I think, um, I think so, too, Joe. Watching him play, and he is definitely shorter than six foot, but it seems to me there is some confidence or lack of confidence right now with him because he was such an elite shooter in high school, and I just don't think he's found his role with the Spartans. It's not going to be a lot of minutes, but when he gets in there, you know, he's got to have the green light and he's got to have the confidence to nail that open three. He can't he can't manufacture his own shot, and I think right. the ex- I think the experiment of playing him a lot and starting him that has to end. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, honestly, and I, I've kind of already. I, I don't want to say give it up, but I mean this year. I mean it's just been so bad. I don't. I don't. I just don't see them turning it around fast enough for them to even make the tournament. But I think if they were, their only hope in sight is. And it sounds crazy because he's young and he's kind of overweight. But really, this Hogard guy has to become their like point guard. He has to be good and get 12, 15 points a game. It's not Rocket Watt, not Langford, because these are the more off-ball players. I think the only Big Ten point guard they have is this Hogard. But he's just young, so yeah. we'll see. Do you think, um, to your point, what you're talking about, do you think Izzo deserves a little bit of criticism with his rotations this year? Because he's going 10 or 12 deep on the bench. And like you said, they, they still could make a run. We, we don't know how the rest of the season is going to play out. But the way it looks right now, it does kind of feel like a little bit of a lost season. So why mm. – I think we're all, we're all seeing that lawyer isn't probably going to pan out. Thomas Kithier – is an okay player. He's he's not going to be Xavier Tillman. So why I, I I'm wondering why Izzo isn't just getting these young guys minutes. Bingham, Hogard, like you said, Rocket Watts is supposed to. Be, he's going to have to be a huge player. Just leave him on the floor. Do you think Izzo deserves some criticism for continuing to play guys like Lawyer and Kithier when it's like maybe this is the year? Get these young guys on the floor and just get them minutes against Iowa, against Michigan, and you know the rest of the Big Ten. Absolutely. And I think it may it might even go back four years ago or three years ago, um, where he put his chips in the in the basket to get Foster Lawyer, which he was a highly recruited guy. But if you look back on Michigan State's good teams, which for 22 years they've had a lot of them, they always have an elite playmaker. Um, if it's Kalen Lucas, Drew Knightsold, Denzel Valentine, Draymond Green, Cassius Winston, this team just doesn't have that. They have a bunch of like secondary guys, and they don't have that one guy that just takes over give me the ball at the end of the shot clock, I'm either going to score or dish it to a wide-open guy. They've always had that guy, I mean, consistently, which is impressive. Foster Lawyer isn't that guy. Bogart might be, but he's too young, and he's not there yet. I, and obviously Rocket Watts is it. I think that's the best, biggest thing this team's missing. I, I, I don't think it's an effort thing. I, I just think that they, they have a bunch of uh, wings and a bunch of big guys, but they have no point guard. They have no guy to take over. You know, also going to coaching, and I know, I, I assume you watched that debacle against Iowa on Saturday. Uh, you know, it looked like the Spartan strategy was to completely shut down Garza, which they did a good job of, but then they forgot to cover the perimeter. And I mean, Iowa nailed, what, 10 out of 15 three pointers? I mean, the one thing a coach can control is is defense. And boy, that was, that was a horrific defensive effort, I thought. Yeah, it, it was tough. I, I think some of that, has, you got to give Iowa credit, though. How they are harder to defend because you got to kind of pick your poison like that. Because then if you try to one-on-one guards, that he gets 35 points, you know. So I, I don't think it's that. I mean, at least for the stretch of this year, yesterday was tough. But they've actually played some pretty decent defense. I mean, the first time they played Iowa, they had defended guards the best they had all year, and I think they held them to a much lower percentage from three. 
obviously that wasn't the case yesterday. They just can't score, man. And it's uh, sometimes in some years I think you could get away from winning the ugly Big Ten basketball game where you win, you know, 58 to 57, old school, you know, Greg Oden, <laughs> Ohio State mm-hmm. versus Wisconsin Big Ten basketball. This year that's not the case. It's a much more open game, and there's too many good teams in the Big Ten. You can't win ugly. you got to score, and they just can't. They don't have a point guard. Well, I think you said it pretty much perfectly. I mean, this is a lost season. Uh, one thing that you actually were arguing with me on Twitter about, which basically anytime I post anything about Michigan State, you'll argue it. But this is one thing I am vehemently <laughs> I'll stand behind. Uh, the Champions Classic. Uh, the combined records of these teams uh, this year was 31-28 and 28, uh, last week. It's probably even worse now that Michigan State's lost and the, a lot well, of the Duke other teams won. that have. Duke, Kentucky, Michigan State, it's the same teams each and every single year. Why do you think that it should be the same four teams every year when years like this year, it's like no one wants to watch them play? Well, it's uh, first of all, and I think I explained this to you on Twitter, is the whole reason that the Champions Classic started was because Michigan State's ex-athletic director, Mark Hollis, started the tournament and got it involved with Nike and got it all started. So that's why I think Michigan State got involved originally. And you do have to look at it, and I, and I agree. I wouldn't mind seeing some different teams in there. I'm just explaining to you why it is what it is. Those four teams usually are pretty darn good. I mean, this is kind of a uh, enigma or a, a kind of a different year. I mean, uh, what did the, I think I read a stat that those four teams plus Arizona have all made the tournament since, like, 1960-something. Hmm. Like, it is kind of an odd year. And I, I, I agree. In some years, it's, you might not want Michigan State in there, or maybe Kentucky's bad. But then you add subjectivity to it, and how do you know? I mean, Michigan State started the season ranked pretty high, and they were 6-0 and ranked number four in the country. Um, and last year they were ranked number five at the end of the season before they uh, got rid of the tournament because of COVID. But, I mean, recent success still would say Michigan State's right there on the edge of a fringe top-four program. And in the most recent Final Four, we were there, Jared. So I would agree if there's subjectivity to it, maybe they do the top-four teams of this year and do it there next year. But, again... Michigan State started the tournament, so that's why they're in it. Yeah, you know? my, my idea makes it very simple. You know, start the new season with the Final Four from the previous season. Call it good. That would be interesting. And then Tom Izzo would go to half of them, Jared. <laughs> here's, here's my problem with, with – it's just there – I feel like – one, why do we watch this every year? Because it was it used to be so cool. I used to love watching the Champions I actually Classic. went to it in Chicago. Exactly. It was, awesome. it was awesome. It was fresh. It was new. It's gotten so old. And whether or not you agree with whether Michigan State should be there or not, it's like it's just kind of weird that they're shoehorned into programs like Kansas, Kentucky, and Duke, who you look at like they're just basketball royalty, and then you have, oh, you have Michigan State. I, at least maybe that's the way I view it. Maybe that's because I'm a, I'm a little bit biased, but it's I feel like there's those three, and then it's Michigan State. <laughs> yeah, maybe a little bit biased there, Jared. Um, but, uh, but the, yeah, I mean, I but I think if you look at the success Michigan State's had since the start of that tournament, you could argue that they're one of those top four teams and deserve to be in there with those four. I'll back I'll you back. there. I'll back you there, Joe. Michigan State, Michigan State belongs with those teams. If you're going to stick with those, stick with that format. Why throw them out? Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, who else would you have in there, Jared? I mean, Villanova. I would think. Yep. Deserving. That would be legit. Um, Gonzaga, maybe. But uh, I, I mean, who's had more success since the first year of that tournament, which I believe was around 2010, than the, those four teams? I mean, obviously more success. Maybe Villanova. You could put Villanova in over Kansas or Kentucky as well, too. I mean, so I, I just I agree with it. Add the, we could add another layer to it, but I'm just saying, which you're very good at, Jared, is downplaying Izzo's success. I think he's right up there, top five in the country since that tournament started. So, Well, and I think the big thing, too, I think, Jared, you, you brought it up a week or two ago, when we were, I, I think when we were talking about this. College basketball is all about the coaches. If you look at those four, I mean, those are four of the biggest coaches. I mean, maybe Jay Wright at Villanova, you know, or a couple other guys. Or Roy Williams, possibly. It's, yeah, it, it's all about the coaches for that. Um, so it, it would be fun. But the Final Four thing, I, it would be interesting, Ted. It would be kind of weird, though, those those random years that, like, George Mason or Chicago Loyola or something makes the Final Four. True. And the next year the next year in the Champions Classic, you got, you got George Mason in the Champions Classic against Kansas or something. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, it, that would be interesting, but... I would love to see it switched up. Just I would almost say, like, take the preseason top four. I know the preseason top four a lot of times doesn't pan out, but just take the preseason top four and put them in there or something. But yeah, I mean, this I, I'm all I'm all for Jared downplaying Tom Izzo, though. I'm right there with. <laughs> uh, all right. I, if only they had a 
four-team tournament that we could decide who the four best teams in the country were. Geez, oh, geez. <laughs> if they let Tom Izzo in that, he might actually make that one, you know, eight out of the last 20 years or whatever. So. Hey, recency bias, uh, you aren't going to be one of those 64 teams this year. Here's a question that I have. I'll ask everybody uh, this one. So Gus Johnson, at the start of the broadcast yesterday, called the Breslin Center the house that Magic built. See, I always thought that that phrase, and the Breslin Center wasn't built until 1986, which was after Magic Johnson played. I always thought that that phrase was something like where you played in that stadium and made it, you know, so magical. I, that's the way I have always viewed it. I, am I alone in viewing it that way? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give the old guy take first. I, I understand what you're saying, but for what Magic did at Michigan State and when they won that championship for Heathcote and then the Breslin Center came along, no qualms at all about being at the house that Magic built. Yeah, I, I would agree with Ted. I think it's less about that he actually played there. It's more that he brought such a notoriety to Michigan State and kind of put their basketball program on the map. They were able to build a stadium like that because he played in Jenison Fieldhouse, I yep. believe. Ted would know that. For sure. Um, back, in the, back in the day when Magic was there. It's the whole point of is that he kind of was like the first real team, a real person to make Michigan State basketball on the map, hence they built this big stadium. So that's that's where that's coming from. I'm kind of actually I'm kind of with you, Jared. I can, I can I can see both ways, right? Like you said, Joey, Magic definitely put Michigan State basketball on the map, but it does feel like you should have played there. Like, yeah, if you're going to name right. it, if you're going to say the house that Magic built, he's never even played there. I'm sure he's he's put in some money to help out, you know, Breslin Center redoing all the locker rooms and stuff like that so that's part of it but you know i would almost say it's almost more izzo but like the breslin center right. is almost like the house izzo built of so, you know what right. he's brought to the breslin center i would think obviously the, f- the, the court's going to be named after him at some point anyway but that's yeah. what i think yeah do any of you know who uh who is claimed to have built chrysler arena <laughs> the house that who i built? couldn't i couldn't tell you who built that who is it joey do you know uh, no idea, no. Matt? <laughs> Glenn Rice? Yeah, this, no, but that, that's a good guess. No, any of you heard of Cassie Russell? It's the house that Cassie built. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. No. Yeah. Well, anyway. I have no idea. I'm going to have to look him up after this. <laughs> that's or... old man take here on Three Point Pod. <laughs> uh, I got one more question for you, Joey. Um, we The yeah. game that really matters to both you and me, uh, probably more than any other game on the schedule, Michigan, Michigan State. I'd be lying if I didn't say that it doesn't matter if Michigan State loses the rest of their games. They're going to give Michigan one hell of a game. Does it make you happy to know that Michigan had this long layoff? Is it kind of reassuring to know that, man, if we would have got you guys uh, a few weeks ago when we were really cooking, we probably would have beat you by 40 or 50 points? Yeah, I mean, they're going to smoke us, in my opinion, <laughs> whenever we play. And I think they actually play them the last game of the season, if I'm correct, Jared. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to reschedule that other one. But uh, I, I would think Michigan's probably ready and rolling again because they'll have enough, uh, whatever, four or five games before that to get back on track. And, yeah, Michigan's playing about the opposite of Michigan State, so especially offensively. So I don't, I don't foresee Michigan State having a chance. It'll probably be very similar to yesterday for me. Do so. you, you really think, <laughs> looking ahead, you really think in your heart that Michigan will smoke them? I'm not saying Michigan might beat them, but you don't think Michigan State will give them a, a, a heck of a go and maybe even beat them because there's pressure on Michigan always in that game too, especially if they're a heavy favorite. Yeah. Well, it's, it's more my heart says the opposite, Ted. It's my head that says that they're going to get beat. Okay. Just wanted um, to check. But, yeah. But, but yeah, I, I just do. I don't, I don't foresee Michigan State unless they do some things crazy different and they get somebody that's going to start creating and they start look like an efficient offense. Um, which I doubt is going to happen in the next three weeks. I, I just think that's going to happen, you know. But who knows? I mean, I came on here and talked about Michigan State football, and that worked out for me. So yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Joey, thanks again for hopping on. We're going to have to have you on. You know, I have a bad feeling of having you on before the Michigan Michigan State game because, like you said, <laughs> it seems like every time we do that, Michigan State somehow wins, uh, and then I have to hear about it on Twitter the next day. So uh, we'll talk to you soon. Uh, maybe, maybe. We'll be talking about a Michigan State uh, tournament preview if they somehow turn things around. But thanks again for joining us. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. And let's hope we can have a normal football season upcoming, too. That will that will be good. Amen. Um, air quotes, normal. <laughs> thanks again, Joe. All right. Thanks again. See you later. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official sports bar of Three Point Podcast. Keep supporting them by calling in your takeout orders. That's Rivals Tap House and Grill in Corona at the corner of M21 and State Road. 
Sheridan Auction Service always has a wide variety of items and real estate on the docket. Stay up to date by checking their website at SheridanAuctionService.com. Looking out for you, Sheridan Auction Service. Nelson House Funeral Home's top goal is to serve the families in our community. The number one priority is caring for our friends and neighbors and being right there when you need them the most. Check out more information on the web at nelson-house.com. Education is facing a whole new world nowadays, and when you're trying to determine what's best for your son or daughter, especially with kindergarten registration right around the corner, why not go with a district you trust? Corona Public Schools is that district. You can trust Corona Public Schools to keep your child safe. You can trust Corona Public Schools to love your children like they're our own. You can trust Corona Public Schools to challenge your child academically and provide social-emotional support. You can trust Corona Public Schools to provide positive role models. You can trust Corona Public Schools to offer tons of academic and extracurricular opportunities like our World Championship Odyssey of the Mind program, award-winning band or FFA programs, or other career-related classes like mechatronics or construction trades, not to mention our championship-caliber athletic teams. This is Corona Public Schools Superintendent John Fattel, and I guess when you get right to it, there's lots of reasons people in our area choose and trust Corona Public Schools. We've been graduating greatness since 1870, that's 150 years of Cavalier alumni making a difference in the world. Remember, young or old, it's great to be gold. Call 989-743-1579 to set up a tour and register your pride and joy for beginner garden or kindergarten. Find out for yourself why Corona Public Schools is the right fit for your most precious possession. 989-743-1579. So, all right. What a game. <laughs> what a game, huh? So, yeah, we were just getting going here. So, a little rusty from the start. We knew they were going to have to shake off some rust. But I think part of it, too, was, you know, the, the CBS crew, before the game started, I was kind of laughing because they were saying since that blowout win for Michigan over Wisconsin, Wisconsin wasn't shooting well. They were struggling behind the three-point line and, you know, all this other stuff. And, of course, Wisconsin comes out, and they're shooting the lights out. So, that was, like, the first thing. And we knew Michigan was going to be rusty, but man, that second half, you know, don't want to be prisoner of the moment, but that was a hell of a comeback. I mean, they were battling on the defensive end, making big shots. Dickinson was grabbing big boards. I mean, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's the end of Fe- or mid February, end of February. So you don't want to get too excited, but after a three week layoff, that was an impressive win. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's, it's a one of a kind win that will probably never happen again, but I would have been happy if they would have just kept this game close, especially after the first like few minutes, you could just tell sort of how out of shape they were. And I felt like Dickinson was the guy who, I mean, the first probably 30 minutes of the game, you could see just kind of how he wasn't in the best of shape. Uh, but then like down the stretch, I mean, just dominating the boards. I love that guy. He, he struggled a little bit on offense. Uh, and I feel like some of his shot like selections, like these little like floaters that he was shooting on these pick and rolls and stuff like that aren't the best but between him and davis i we have some a couple of the best big big men duo like in the entire country i truly believe that and as long as wagner and livers are shooting pretty well from behind the three-point arc they're gonna be tough to beat oh there's no doubt about it and matt you said it first the first half, they, they definitely looked like they had some rust. I was pretty satisfied with them only being down a dozen. I figured they'd make a little run in the second half, but uh, they exceeded my expectations. I mean, it was like all the rust was gone. They made adjustments at halftime. And really, you look at this team, they do look like a, a Final Four team. I mean, they got all kinds of depth and uh, the defense. I mean, they just clamped on the defense in the second half. What a, what a tale of two games when you look at this game compared to MSU yesterday. Yeah, for sure. And actually, it's funny, I was, you know, texting some friends during the game, you, you bring up MSU. And one of my buddies said that when when it was clear that Michigan was probably going to lock this win up, he said something along the lines of he loves how hard this team plays for Juwan Howard and the coaching staff. And honestly, like like I said, you bring up MSU. It kind of reminds me of some of those really good Michigan State teams with Izzo how you can just tell that those kids would battle and battle for their coach. You know what I'm talking about? And and that's yeah. what, you know, you see the Michigan's bench engage the whole time. You see, like, Shondi Brown just busting his ass the whole game, Dickinson grabbing all these boards. Like, it really seems like this team is, even after a three-week layoff, maybe the layoff made them come even closer, you know? This team really battles for Juwan is what I can see. 
Yeah, I like Sean. He brought like a lot of energy in the second half. One thing I will complain about him is he kind of has like that role player syndrome where as soon as he comes in the game, he feels like he just has to shoot the ball. Uh, he had like a terrible yeah. three pointer right mm-hmm. when he came in, and then he got his shot sent to like the tenth row another time. Yeah. Uh, but Isaiah Livers, we've been talking about how we kind of needed the guy when like the going gets tough that can get us a basket. Uh, we saw that against Minnesota in the second half where we didn't have that at all. And I don't know if this is like a Isaiah Livers that's turned like a new leaf or it's just a one one game thing. But down the stretch, I loved how he looked, and we need a guy like him. I thought it was going to be Wagner, but it looks like it's going to be him. Uh, we need somebody like him that's going to be clutch down the stretch and that can get buckets like when we're struggling. And th- and he showed us that. And his shot right before halftime was huge. And it was only two yeah. points, but it just felt like a lot. Like being down 12, for some, maybe it's just my dumb brain, being down 12 sounds a lot better than being down like 14. That just seems like an insurmountable deficit. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, I'm glad to see you're giving Liver some love despite your tweet on his uh, Abraham Lincoln beard. Yeah, I'm not sure what he, he's uh, doing with the beard. <laughs> <laughs> but he balled out that's for sure and he he's the kind of guy you know like you said like Tillman last year and Winston for Michigan State they got to rely on his leadership because you got a guy like Dickinson who who had a heck of a game today a double double probably the second best big man in uh, the Big Ten for sure I think maybe just behind Garza but that leadership that, that says a lot and I think Livers came to play today yeah and I mean like you said Jared we've been waiting you know Livers is kind of I guess the leader of this team, obviously the upperclassmen and everything. And we've been waiting for Michigan state to like find their Cassius Winston, I guess, you know, that's what we've talked about with Michigan state. They don't have that guy who can just like in a tough spot, go get a bucket that you can rely on anyway. And at least today livers really looked like he took that step. Like, I don't know if, if there were some conversations during that layoff with him and Juwan or in the staff or, or what, but it does seem like from the start he was looking for his shot while the other guys were still trying to feel it out. So, so yeah, I mean, you laid it out. I, I think, you know, Ted, you brought up maybe a Final Four team. Obviously, we have no idea. The tournament can get crazy. But this team has, like, those pieces. They've, yes. got, two, they've got two quality big men that can, you know, grab you boards and control the paint. If, if Livers keeps playing like this, creating shots, they've got guards who can, you know, Brooks and Smith can kind of run the offense. Wagner and Brown can guard basically anyone. And Brooks is one of the best defenders in the Big Ten. I, you know, again, I'm trying not to be prisoner of the moment here, but this team has all those pieces, you, you know. Well, yeah, and, you know, the, the players are there for sure. I mean, you, you can see they have the depth, they have the talent. I mean, there's no doubt about that, but let's let's give the, the man there – heading the program, Jawan Howard, a ton of praise and credit to him with Martelli there as his assistant. That's a great one-two combination. But if you don't have uh, Jawan Howard on your ballot for coach of the year, you're just nuts. Yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. I think I, I think it's either got to go to him or Baylor's coach. One thing that does kind of worry me a little bit is that I don't think Wisconsin – I was actually thinking this like when we were kind of falling behind. Is I don't think Wisconsin's like a second weekend NCAA tournament team. So we might be getting a little bit too excited for a team that we what we beat them by what like thirty earlier this year. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it's a we're a little bit prisoners of the moment, but given the circumstance of the fact that they've literally only been practicing for six days, like it's just crazy how well they kind of shot in the second half, for, uh, especially. Yeah, and that's, yeah, that's I guess we're all guilty of the prisoner of the moment thing, doing this right after the game. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, yeah. It's hard not to be excited after that comeback, and yeah, the the biggest thing like. After the layoff, I figured they'd be a little rusty shooting, but like a few other things that, you know, it was actually pretty impressive. They didn't turn the ball over a ton. You know, at at times, I guess the offense looked a little out of sync, but I was kind of thinking there might be a bunch of like sloppy turnovers, you know, like getting tired or whatever. That didn't really happen. Uh, Really, they played well defensively the whole game, especially in that second half. So really, you know, after being off, what was it, 23 days? It was, and you know, Wisconsin's a tough place to play. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you, Jared. I don't think Wisconsin, you know, you never know what's going to happen in the tournament, but they don't look like they're going to be a second weekend team in the tournament, but that's still a quality team with experienced players. Wisconsin's one of the toughest places to win in the Big Ten. So coming off a 23 day layoff and getting in that hole, they were down 12 or whatever at one point. I mean, it's hard not to be impressed, and and they're already kind of slated as a number one seed in the tournament. You know, if things started right now, you got to think that that's even this win even like justifies that even more. 
Yeah, uh, 100%. Yeah. That's what I was worried about with, I mean, we still could see some drop-off between what they were like three weeks ago compared to what they are now. But seeding is so important in the NCAA tournament, especially when you have the opportunity to get a one seed. I mean, for what it's worth, that's pretty much just a buy to the Sweet 16, which would just be huge. I, we, I'm trying not to get too excited about this team. <laughs> I, it's the one thing I keep circling back to is we don't have like a one legit like superstar. Right. Which I feel like is is so and in our point guard play, like Eli Brooks played really well today. I mean, even though he only had like nine points and only four assists or so, but he just handled the, the game really well. Without having a superstar point guard, which is so critical in the NCAA tournament, I worry about whether or not they're gonna be able to sustain kind of the whole team effort uh for an entire tournament. You know, Brooks might not be a superstar, but I like the way he plays on both ends of the court, you know, and if you got yeah. a solid three man three-man star team if you will you know with Wagner and the others I don't know I I, I think they got enough right I mean it's kind of like you know we were again bringing Michigan State back up you know we you love to have a guy like Cassius Winston especially in the tournament when you can have a guy like Winston just like take over games but you can also like just have a really good point guard you know maybe like a Xavier Simpson he wasn't necessarily the greatest scorer but he ran that offense really well so maybe that's kind of the role that Smith and Brooks will take on if Wagner and Livers are really going to come into their own as scores. Just lock up on the defensive end, you know, score, spot up, shoot when you need to, and, you know, let the other guys. And hopefully, I, I don't know, one thing that was a little frustrating, and I was trying not to, like, get frustrated right off the jump because they had been off for three <laughs> weeks. Sometimes I wish they made more of a point to get Dickinson the ball in the post. Like, there's times that it looks like he's got good position, and, you know, they'll maybe, like, look to him, and then they just swing the ball around the perimeter. Maybe it's because I like the dude a lot, but sometimes I would just be like, just feed the guy. Just feed him because he's a pretty good passer, too. So that's one thing, I don't know, if we want to try and think of something that I, that I could see. I wish sometimes they'd try to feed Dickinson a little more. But that, that's well, it's really not a bad idea. It's not a bad yeah. idea to come down every time and get him the ball down here because you brought it up perfectly. He's not just going to take it to the hoop. He's a good passer as well, and they have enough guys out there at the three-point line that can knock it down. And, and the play of the game really was – I mean, you just can't talk enough about his offensive rebound. The play of the game was the big rebound he had and then the kick out to Livers. Great pass yep. right to Livers, right in the pocket for the three ball. Uh, but one week from today, I mean, just looking at Michigan's schedule, you got to circle this one. Michigan uh, versus number four, Ohio State at Ohio State, 1 o'clock next Sunday. I mean, I think we're going to have to be right back here on Locker Room, aren't we, for we, that we, one? Oh, we will be, for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's a huge game. I mean, Ohio State, they're they're on fire right now. I mean, yeah, they're like you said, they're up to number four. So that's going to be a huge game. What They have Rutgers on Thursday, and Rutgers is a pretty good team, too. So, but, I mean, we'll find out a lot. Either if they can win those two games, I mean, probably put them right now at a number one seed. If they If they do slip up against Ohio State, you know, I guess that doesn't drop them out too much but yeah I, I do like that I mean we really didn't get shafted too bad with this schedule I mean the fact that we only have I mean they're gonna end up having how many days of practice so they had six days of practice this week and then they're gonna have Monday Tuesday Wednesday 10 days like nine days of practice with only two games uh for when they just came back like I, I think that's nine practices I feel like that's enough especially with a big win like today like I think they're gonna be pretty much back into full stride by Thursday especially yeah. for sure by Sunday I think yeah I, I mean, you can. We got a lot of good basketball coming up for Michigan. I mean, just I'll roll through them real quick uh, before maybe we wrap this up or cl give our closing thoughts. I mean, you we have Rutgers on Thursday, like you said, Ohio State Sunday, and then we have Indiana uh, the following Saturday, uh, and then Iowa and Michigan State to close the season. I feel like I mean we've got some a couple of big gaps here uh, in between games, I and mean, when we play Ohio State on the twenty first, Indiana not until the twenty seventh, and then Iowa not until the fourth. So I wouldn't I wouldn't hate if we threw a couple extra games back in there. Yeah. Because I want to get as many games and get as many kinks out as we can before the Big Ten tournament and then before the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Do you guys think – I've seen some people talk about it. Like, I mean, last night um, on, on one of our shows at work, Joe Lenardi was on, and they were talking about how different – because the whole tournament's going to be in Indianapolis and just, like, how different – how that's just going to affect everything. You know, like you're not traveling across the country. You're not traveling to whatever region you're in. Like, I mean, Michigan's pretty close to Indianapolis. You think that's like really that big of a deal, or do you think it's kind of nothing? I think it's well, a big think deal it's an for advantage. Everybody. Yeah, for yeah. everybody in the Big Ten, really. I mean, they've played so many Big Ten championships in that building where I, pretty much everybody that's been at their school for three or four years has played there at least once. 
uh, I think it's a huge advantage for the Big Ten, both in terms of it's right in their wheelhouse, you know, only a few hour, a few hours of a drive for Michigan, and it's just it's familiar. Uh, so I just think it's a huge uh, bonus. Yeah. yeah, it's just a shame that they're not going to be able to allow fans or many fans anyway. It would it would be even more huge. Yeah, yeah, I'll be curious. I was going to ask you guys about it, but what do you think about Brad Davison? I mean, it seems like everyone like at least at least like Michigan Twitter, yeah, you can't stand him. <laughs> I mean, is he just that like annoying guy that like Wisconsin always has, or, or what? <laughs> I don't like. I mean, it's one. It's just, his whole look is classic. The number thirty, the number thirty-four basketball jersey. I'll never <laughs> get over how stupid of a. I just hate that number. Uh, yeah. And then he's got the, like the elbow tape, and he almost looks like he's like uh, like twenty or thirty pounds overweight. It, yeah. It's. I'm so. I just don't like him. I normally love guys like that, but there, there's just something about him that really just rubs me the wrong way. And that's why you see like Juwan's getting so pissed when he does like what he did wasn't necessarily dirty, but when you have a track record like him, you know that it's definitely probably in the back of his mind when he's going up for that layup. Like I don't. I wouldn't hate it if I just hit him right in the mouth with the elbow right here. Yeah, yeah. I, I personally, I thought it was he had it in his mind to lead with the elbow, and he is he is kind of a chintzy player out there but he is also like you said uh, he's it seems like wisconsin always has somebody just like that yeah wisconsin always has someone like that just like purdue always has like seven foot four white dudes it's like (laughs) they just they always do so so yeah i guess we can wrap this up unless you guys have anything else so yeah i guess my my final thought i mean i'm I'm impressed i mean I, i was expecting rust and to see them turn around in the second half i'd be curious to hear what Jawan and the staff said at half, if they just said like, keep playing your game, lock down in defense, the rest will work out. Cause that second half, they look, Michigan looked like a number one seed. So that was an impressive win in, in my eyes. Yeah. And I'll, I, I mean, it's kind of the thing we haven't really talked about too much was Michigan's defense in the second half. I mean, Wisconsin is not a team that turns the ball over a lot. And we were getting a lot of steals. I mean, we had a couple in the press that we were running. I love that press that we mix that in every now and then, but yeah. player of the game, the guy that kind of really showed me that maybe he does have the potential to kind of lead us to the final four is Isaiah, Isaiah livers. Uh, I love yep. how he played today. Yeah. And I, my final thoughts are keep playing the defense boys. Uh, it looks like they're playing well as a team and on offense, uh, tremendous unselfishness, with which you know. Again, you go to Juwan Howard and and this team right now. It, you know, and again, a little giddy, but they're playing on all cylinders after that twenty three day layoff. So I'll just end with go blue, go blue. All right, yeah. So everyone out there listening on locker room, the three of us, uh, myself, Jared, and Ted, we're three point podcast. You can find our podcast wherever you listen. Just search three point podcast. Head over to Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at three point pod. Give us a follow. And uh, this recording will be in our next podcast. So, yeah, check it out. Advanced Elevator Company have expert field technicians for troubleshooting, repair, and installation of elevators. An area business leader and a huge supporter of the Corona Public Schools. Advanced Elevator. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is a mortgage and land contract services company that's focused on your success. Led by Jim Woodworth. Success Group Mortgage provides one-on-one service with a personal touch. Located in downtown Owasso, call for an appointment at 989-720-4380 or find more info on the web at successgroupmortgage.com. The Hankard Sportswear team pride themselves by giving a good product at a great value. The area's go-to clothing and more printing business with many loyal customers. They do it by providing a 100% guarantee to satisfy your expectations. Hankard Sportswear always have Owasso, Corona, and St. Paul school spirit items in stock. Also, special items for family, sporting, business, and charity events. Call them at 989-725-2979, stop on into the store on Exchange Street in downtown Owasso, and follow them on Facebook at Hankard.Sportswear. The CoronaConnection.com staff knows it's great to be gold. Keep up to date on Cavalier Nation at CoronaConnection.com. All Corona, all the time. All right, another fun pod, fellas. That's a wrap. Follow us at 3PointPod. Let our partners know you listen in. They include Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, the Corona Public Schools, Hankard Sportswear, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and Z92.5 The Castle. Don't forget, The Castle has big-time high school basketball coming up this week. Three games in three days, Thursday night. It's 7 o'clock, Mason at St. John's. We'll follow that up Friday night, 7 o'clock, Fulton at Bath. And then Saturday, an afternoon matinee, 5 o'clock tip, 
the Corona Cavaliers at St. John's taking on the Red Wings. So hopefully you can tune into that and you can catch all the replays of the games right here at Three Point Pod. For Jared Fattel and Matt Burns, I'm Ted Fattel. Thank you again for listening and supporting our partners. Three Point Podcast is syndicated worldwide on Sports Radio Detroit and MWSN Radio. The show is a Sportsnet Michigan production recorded at the WJSZ MidMichigan Studios. Spread the word to your friends and family and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of the other big podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, bye for now.